Time to get those bonus miles. Here's your girl, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, here we are back with an awesome bonus miles. I've got a I've got a gal on today. We've I've interviewed with yeah, you before. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, she's amazing. You guys are gonna love it. We have a, kind of a special project, which I think I've only had a couple of children's books on the show ever. Wow. Um, so this is gonna be so good, but we're gonna get into some life stuff today. My guest today is Jamie Ivy, and if you guys don't follow her on social or listen to her uh, podcast, you guys need to do that. You can find her Jamie Ivy Instagram. Yep, that's, that's where right. I follow you that's at where I am, Instagram. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And then um, her podcast, of course, is the Happy Hour. If you don't know of it already, and it's downloaded like a gajillion times every day, and um, it's it's so good. I mean, you you do a lot of interviews on your podcast and um, speak into the culture a lot and. Um, you're just a voice of truth, Thank I you. think, in our generation, and I really appreciate what you do. But guess why? She's here, not for the podcast. She wrote a children's book, and you guys, this is the cutest book I think I've ever seen ever, because it's about a little cactus named Sammy, and the name of it is God Made You to Be You. So I want to welcome Jamie to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. You're so your your bio is so long these days. <laughs> it's so impressive. Um, I want to tell you too, if there is an echo, which there will be, back as you listen to it back, we're in a coffee shop. Yes, we are. Which I didn't even know existed. Coffee shops or this one? This one. Okay. Well, coffee shops, <laughs> yes. But I'm not. Are you one of those coffee drinkers that, well, actually, you probably are. Well, I'm drinking, drinking a latte right coffee. now, but I already had hotel coffee this morning. Okay. I am not a coffee snob. Oh, you're not? No. I will drink any kind of coffee you give me. What do you cut, You drink every morning? Black coffee. Really? Yeah. With I have a little bit of creamer, but it's like this fancy, no sugar, no nothing, almond milk creamer. Yeah. Okay. So I have a oat milk latte. That is really fancy. Is it? Yeah. No sweetener, though. I don't want sweet. See, I drink... Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I, <laughs> I would the, drink I'm that. the biggest coffee dork of all time. People make fun of me with Splenda. Okay. And half and half. There you go. I mean, God made me to be me, That's Jamie. exactly right. <laughs> you do your coffee how you want to do your coffee. <laughs> I get made of so much. People are like, oh my gosh, why are you drinking that? And I'm like, because I actually like it. I yeah. think it's good. But this is a cute coffee shop. It's so cute. And I didn't even know it existed. And here we're, it is. we're here in Dallas. Okay, so let's get to your book. God made you to be new, to be new, to be you. So you wrote last year, you be you to adults. Yes. So let's talk about that for just a second. Tell me about the book, you be you, and just the heart behind that. Because this kind of tags on to that, right? 100%, yeah. Okay, so you be you came out last October of 2020. And it was a book that had been kind of burning in me for a while uh, to women. Men can read it too, but I think mostly women read my books. Um, I don't know why, but whatever. Uh, and I really wanted women to, to know that God had a purpose for their life. They could run their lane. They could do their thing. Yes. They didn't have to look like someone else, act like someone else, be like someone else. And then also just to talk about, hey, listen, success in our lives is really about being faithful to what God called you to do. Mm-hmm. Because being successful, we all want to be successful. You want your show to be successful. I want my show to be. I don't set out to do anything to fail, right? Right. But also God's faithfulness on my life looks different than the world's idea of success. And so I wanted to talk about that. And then there's a story in the book, uh, the uh, the adult book, 
which is how the whole thing came about where my husband and I were on a trip and we saw this cactus. It's really crazy. <laughs> and that kind of like catapulted me into writing that book. Okay. And then after I finished writing it, I just thought, kids need this message. Mm. This is like, this is what we need to tell our kids. Yeah. That God made you for a reason and for a purpose. It's okay to be different. Stay in your lane. Do what he asked you to do. And so that is how kids book came out. Okay. So for all you women out there, go get the book, You Be You. Um, but I want to transition and talk about God made you to be you. Now, everyone knows, all my listeners know I have four kids talk about them all the time. They are all so completely different. And you have four kids yes, too. And they're all four completely different. They're completely different. I've got like a drama kid. I've got a football kid. I've got a emotionally intelligent genius. She could work for the secret service. And then I've got my Moses who is like super happy, go lucky, very athletic, but really could do anything kind of kid. Uh-huh. Um, and we have stressed this since birth in all of them. You are not made to look like somebody else. You are not made to act like somebody else. You are not made to dress like somebody else. And I mean, look at me, like I have fluorescent nails half the time, my hair is 17 feet long, my lashes are, are beautiful. Way too, thank you, they're way so extra. I don't care, because I am comfortable in my own skin being this. Why are we not stressing this more, especially at a young age, because I feel like if people get to 20, which is when I broke free from all of this mold junk yeah. that I lived in for so long, if I was told, I think, at a one, two, three, four, five, six years old, and it was stressed over me, yeah. Autumn, you'd be exactly who you are. Yeah. I think, I don't think I would have struggled with it as much as I do, as, as, as I used to before I sort of broke free. So tell me about why it's so important that we reach this. Your book is geared towards two to, two to six. Mm -hmm. Tell me about um, that message that you hope to ingrain in them. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is the people who are parenting don't feel like they can be themselves. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? And so yeah. if I'm parenting children and I'm constantly thinking, what do I need to look like? What do I need to act like? What do I need to do? And of course, there's conversations about how we look, not look physically, but how we act as Christ followers. Right. We're not saying that. Right. We're saying whether you like red hair, red streaks in your hair, or you like fluorescent nails, or you like wearing clothes in the gap. Right? Yeah. So I think that sometimes parents are insecure about that. And oh so gosh, then we're so raising children who are then, we're making, we think they need to be a certain mold. And I'll be honest, like that's been a struggle for me a little bit. You know, you said I have four kids. None of my kids share the same DNA. So one of our kids is biological and then the three joined our family through adoption. None of them are biologically related. Mm -hmm. So none of my kids share that which is an interesting experiment when you're raising kids in the same home, but <laughs> yeah. none of them have the same DNA. Yeah. And I look at them and not only are they, not only do they all look different because of the way God made them, but they like different things. They want to explore different things. And I think there's been an aspect of Aaron, my husband and I having to say, okay, we trust that if you want to do this, that we're going to let that be a part of your life. I'll give you an example, which is really hard okay. for me. My 16 year old son wants to get his ears pierced. Okay, I grew up. We had we just had this conversation with my thirteen-year-old son. Okay, he's thirteen. Yeah, I mean my son's wanted this for a long time. Okay, okay. I grew up. I'm so interested. In what you're gonna say? In a culture that that would have been wrong. Yeah. Okay. 
So even though I don't think that now, I'm a grown woman at 43, my husband Aaron had earrings for a, for a season in our marriage. So it's, I'm not, I don't think they're wrong. I'm not against them. But I still have to fight this narrative in my head totally. that says, if he gets earrings, he is this. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we gave him, for his birthday, uh, earrings. Okay. Now he wears a Chick-fil-A, so we can't get them yet. Oh. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. But that is something where I had to come to terms with, you know what? Earrings are not my favorite thing on guys. I wasn't very happy when my husband got them, you know, but he's a grown man. I'm a grown woman. They're not my favorite, but I really want him to explore and create and be who he wants to be. I don't think earrings make him a bad person. Right. You know, I think culturally in some situations people will judge him. So that's an example of like you and I were parenting teenagers. That's a hard thing. But even when you talk about little kids, you know, we're looking at this book is geared towards little kids. And yeah. so many times little kids can even look around. That's when they start to notice that people are different. You know, what if someone has glasses or someone is in a wheelchair or someone is missing, you know, a hand from birth or someone is really good at football in first grade, you know, and the other kids are like, I just want to go play in the sand. Really giving our kids language to know this is how God made us differently. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important and it feels very childish at that age, but I think that is setting foundation yeah. for how we continue to talk when you and I are now talking to our 13 and 16 year olds yeah. about how they want to express themselves and be different. Um, and so, and it's for my family, you know, because we both have kids through adoption. Yeah. Our kids all look different. Yeah, they do. You know? And so I also want them to really have that foundation of like, God created you to look this way. Mm -hmm. Like there's, he doesn't want you to look like anyone else. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who's parenting also four kids. And one of them has cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. And she loves this book because it gives her language even to talk to her son about like, yes, you are different. Yes, there are different things about you, but God made everybody uniquely and you have a purpose and a plan. I think that's what I want kids to know is that different isn't bad. Right. And you have a purpose with how God made you, mm -hmm. whatever that might be. It's so it's so interesting because what you just, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head when the very first sentence that you said, um, parents are insecure. They're insecure about being themselves. So how in the world do you pass that on to your kids when you're feeling insecure about it? Um, I mean, I just admitted this whole like right. narrative in my head about right. earrings. Yeah. And my and so we had a conversation with Jude about getting earrings, but then we had a conversation about Grace, who's 16, about getting a nose ring. I've had a nose ring, but I, I, I just feel like, oh, wait, you're my kid wanting a nose ring at 16 years old what will what will people think like is this gonna be bad like what is going on so it is you almost have to erase some because is it is there nose rings in the bible no thou shalt not have a nose ring and you no. have one so, wrong with and it. i have one yes and it ripped out one day and it hurt so bad and i'm like i'm never putting that thing in again okay um so parents could be potentially insecure not everybody but I think this book is so important because if we teach our kids young, we won't grow up to be parents that are scared mm. about being ourselves. 
Talk to me about the story, and then I want to kind of talk a little bit about just how special our families are. Tell me about Sammy. Sammy is the cactus in the story. And uh, the story goes that, uh, that a family comes to the, to the desert, and they're looking at all the animals and visiting them. And Sammy's looking around, and he's seeing, you know, jackrabbit hop around. He's seeing snake slither, and he's seeing, you know, the kangaroo rat burrow underneath the grass. And he starts to think, I wish I was more like them. I wish I could do the things they're doing. And so he gets super sad, and he goes on this whole journey of wishing that he was more like snake, wishing he was more like jackrabbit, wishing he was more like kangaroo rat. And then one of my favorite parts in the whole book is the jackrabbit, which is probably maybe my favorite character because jackrabbit's a girl, and she's the one that comes to Sammy and was like, hey, we're not doing this. We need to stop. <laughs> this is not how we're going to talk about ourselves. And so they really, the friends gather. Are you jackrabbit in the story? I, I hope so, maybe. <laughs> The friends really tell Sammy, hey, these are the amazing things that you offer your community. Yeah. And then Sammy says, you know, is it really true? Could God have something special for me? And then that's when he decides, you know, it's true. God made me to be me and you to be you. So it's just, it's a fun, the kids that have read it so far, they all love Jackrabbit too, which I'm like, oh, I knew that she was my favorite. <laughs> um, but it's a journey of Sammy trusting not only God, but his friends about how he had really great gifts and talents to bring to his people, his community. And, um, man, isn't that so true? Why do we always constantly look at what we don't have rather than what we have? Right. And I feel like all of the, like Jackrabbit and everyone in the story says, wait a minute, you are benefiting me, and this is how. No, your, your differences and the fact that you are a cactus or whatever, it's so cute the way you put it, it is benefiting my life, yeah. and this is how. Sometimes I think we put so much more power in what we don't have, yeah. and we don't even see what we do have. Mm -hmm. And as parents, that's how we need to guide our yeah, kids. Look yeah. at what you have yes. and how special it is. I love this book. I want to transition a little bit because we both have biracial families. I have two, um, my audience knows this, but I have two bio kids and they, they, it's freakish how, how much they look like their father. Yeah. Why my, do they not look like me? They my don't. son does too. Yes. It's like, oh my gosh. They, they honestly, people think that they're twins, uh -huh. even though they're three years apart. Because yeah. my son is like a man child. Mm -hmm. He's a 13 year old man walking around. It's yeah. crazy. Um, and then we have two, Haven and Moses, which were adopted uh, nine weeks apart. And um, they are absolutely precious, but they don't share DNA either. But everyone thinks that they're twins. Mm -hmm because they're both the same age. You probably get that too in your family. A do, little do bit. They're, one's biracial, one's Haitian. So oh, they, okay, they okay. don't look okay, uh, so yeah, they're like, a yeah. bit different. Um, but I, I wanted to talk to you specifically about having a family that isn't common. Mm -hmm. We are, I think, exceptional yes. families out there. <laughs> I wouldn't do it any other way. But um, I know that there's a lot of people that have, um, they don't have an all white family or even an all black family or an all Asian family because they have chosen to adopt. Um, how, according to this book, how can this be used as a tool when you're looking at your child? I've had these conversations with Moses and Haven and they're like, mom, your skin is pink. My skin is brown. Why is that? You know? Yeah. And we've, we've had to have those conversations already. I mean, you know, it's, it's plain as day that they didn't come from my body. They came from my soul, mm -hmm. right? How can this book help families sort of bridge that gap yeah. of um, we don't look like other families. 
but God created us all differently. Yeah, yeah. Speak to that. Well, I hope it's a help. You know, in the beginning, there's... there's oh, a I think it will be. Thank you. There's a family that comes to visit the desert, like I said, and those are actually... You, the artist drew my kids at a young age. So I sent him pictures of my kids when they were little because they're all big now. And ah! he uh, he illustrated them. And so those are my kids. So there's all four of those kids look completely different. Yeah. You know, they have different skin tones, uh, but they're all siblings, which is in the book. And, you know, I, I hope that people recognize that. I think that, you know, we've been having these conversations for years and years and years. And Autumn, I'll say we're having them now and they get harder and harder and harder mm-hmm. um, because there's larger realities at play here as yeah our family looking different and um, having white parents. And so I'm very aware of these conversations and they happen a lot. And I just want to encourage families that are like ours to value those conversations and to not think if your kid isn't asking, they aren't wondering. Hmm. I think that we as parents have the unique ability to facilitate those conversations even when our kids maybe not be asking about them right now. And I know that can feel scary to some people because they're like, well, if if they're not asking, they're not wondering. And I'm like, I just think that's not true. I don't think our kids have the language sometimes when they're younger to ask these kind of hard questions. And so we get to steer the ship on that way. Mm -hmm. You know, like we have conversations in our house about where our kids were born and their first parents and these type of things because we want them to feel safe and secure in our home Mm -hmm. knowing that everyone here acknowledges. It's not this big elephant in a room. Everyone's acknowledging you had different parents when you were born. That is a fact. There's nothing we can do about that. Right. And we value them and we love them because you are here because of them. Yeah. Um, and so that's a great conversation. But I also think this is a good conversation for families that don't look like ours. Mm-hmm. For families who are all of the same color, whether that be black or white or brown or whatever that might be, is to help them also explore, hey, when you see a family that looks like ours, that's still a family. Yes. You know? And so <laughs> that is, they're not different than ours in a way that they're a family. Mm-hmm. God put that family together differently, mm-hmm. but God puts all kinds of families together differently. I mean, I'm sure you have listeners yeah. that are blended families. Yes. They may all be black, but none of them actually came from the same two parents. Right. You know, And so just those conversations about the way that God creates family is important for families like ours, but also for families who don't look like ours at all. I also know that there's a lot of like all white families um, that I know, friends of mine, that they've they've had all bio kids and they're like, we would like to introduce more of, you know, how do you, how do you approach a family that is biracial or, or you know, blended or whatever. Um, how can we talk about that in a healthy way? And how can we train our kids at a young age, just teach them yeah. how beautiful our differences are. Yeah. I think this is a great way to do that. You know, when you when you look at the pictures, when there's, you know, four different children and they all look a little bit different, you know, that's that they're, they're learning by seeing that. They're, that's normal. That's being presented as normal right. to them. Right. And they're sort of understanding, oh, okay, look, look how beautiful these kids are. You know, look how beautiful this family is. Yeah. I think it's I think it's important. I think people are awkward right now because yeah. of the cultural stuff that's gone on and stuff like that, um, and we need to normalize uh, some of this stuff. Yeah. What do you hope these these precious little kids get from this book? You know, I hope kids and adults get something from this book. I remember when my kids were little, I would read the Jesus Storybook Bible to them. Yeah. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Ugh. And I would cry as I read it because 
Sally Lord Jones has this way of bringing scripture alive to not only our kids as we're reading, but it just became this truth to me. And so I obviously would love for kids to get this in their brain that, you know, God made them to be you. But even parents, as I read it to them, it is a gentle, subtle reminder as you're reading a book to a kid that this is not only true for your six-year-old, but this is also true for you. Um, one of my friends has the, has had this book for a while since I had the copies, and her son is three, and she so sent me a video the other day of him basically quoting the book because they've read it so much. And I got I teary-eyed because I thought, not only is he just quoting a book that I wrote and a fun story, but he's quoting you know truths about God and truths that God made him to be special and God made him with a purpose and God made him with a plan. And that just I, that made my heart so happy. I love that. We do this thing in our family. Um, my, my daughter is into drama, and it's like, like, like a big, like a lot. Uh-huh. Like it's a lot. Uh-huh. Like she like sings la like up top the stairs and stuff, and I'm like, oh my gosh. But the differences in our kids, they're not allowed to make fun of. Mm. So like if she's into drama, we kind of tell her, please stop singing. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. need like 20 seconds of you not singing. Yeah. But we celebrate what we see that they're great at Mm -hmm. and if jude makes fun of her we immediately come down on him because we're like no this is this is her lane this is what she should be doing and i think even that one subtle way they know um listen they are who they are god made them to be exactly like that and we are going to celebrate that in our home it's so good and right now with having big kids like uh, we do that a lot with like cheering each other on and what we're doing. And so I told you all three of my boys play football. You know yeah. who hates football games? My daughter. <laughs> and so sometimes she gets out of them, but a lot of times we're like, this is what we do yeah. is we go support each other. Yes. When she's in a middle school play, you know who hates going to middle school plays? My high school boys. <laughs> but you know what they're going to do? We're going to go as a family and celebrate your sister and what she's doing. And that's even subtle ways too of just saying, hey, you don't just have to come because I'm making you. But you need to come because this is what we do as Ivies. We yes. support each other. Um, they don't always like that. Mm-hmm. They would much rather be doing something that they enjoy. And sometimes I don't make them, you know, but there is a conversation about it. Yeah. Like, hey, it's not just because I need you to be here so I can watch you. It's your brother's playing and we're going to support him the same way he's going to come to your play in October and he's going to support you yeah. in Matilda. Yeah. You know, the <laughs> <Yay, they're>, Matilda. <laughs> yes. And so we're going to support each other. Ours is Oklahoma. Oh, fun. That's our play okay. this year. And love we are it. singing Oklahoma all over the house. I, I But I actually love Oklahoma, so I'm super excited oh. about it. Thank you so much for You're coming on. So, thank you. This is going to be, I'm going to go, I'm so glad. She, guys, she brought me a hard copy of the book. I'm going to read this to my kids tonight. Yay. Yes. Yes, we Send are. Send me a text and tell me how they and love it. I am obsessed. I, I just I love it. This is this is a need. This is a need for our our little minds across across the world. Thanks for being on, guys. Thanks for listening. I love you guys so much. Go get this book. You could probably get it anywhere. What, anywhere. Like Barnes and Noble. Amazon, anywhere. Like all the whole thing. Go get this for your kids and tell them that God made them to be exactly who they are and celebrate that. Thank you for listening. You can catch me next Tuesday on a brand new episode of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out how you can get a copy of Gangster Prayer, Autumn's latest book, go to autumnmiles.com.